We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com here today for the second time this week, Rivalry Week, with Aaron Lemming. How you doing? Oh man, it's uh, it's kind of kind of a bummer. I mean, they they just won a game, and here we are on a, on a four day week, and not even really getting to enjoy it. Yeah, we got to get right into the uh, Green Bay Packers uh, Thursday night football, uh, Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers, uh, a series that has not gone well uh, for the Bears in recent history. We'll get to that in a bit, but uh, uh, you know, during rivalry week, do you get do you get a little more amped up? now because the bears are coming off of a win i mean if we, if we were talking about an zero three team would you be uh, just trying to like making other plans for thursday night or is the fact that they were able to beat the pittsburgh steelers at home give you a little bit more hope that maybe a, a somewhat exposed uh, green bay packers team might be vulnerable to them it's it's funny because you look at it and i mean it's you look at the standings and the Bears are only one game back. And obviously we've talked about this. This is probably not a playoff team. But the fan and, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, man, well, I mean, they're, they're one went away from putting the Packers in last place and then being tied for second because the Vikings and the Lions play this weekend as well. So you're going to have one division leader. Uh, that's going to be three and one. And then you're going to have possibly three teams are going to be knotted up at, a, at, at two and two. And that division record means a lot. So uh, it, it, I don't know. It's hard to have expectations. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week. I'm probably not going to pick the Bears to win very many games this year, and it's just kind of superstitious. And and I'll kind of go a little bit further into this because this this uh, uh, this last week against the Steelers, my plan was I'd watch both games in the living room, and they they lost them both. So my plan was is 
I had the TV on in the bedroom. I was going to watch the whole entire game in the bedroom. And my wife was a little, little, late, little late making breakfast, so we uh, decided to watch the first uh, little bit in the, in the living room. And then the Bears jumped out to a lead, and I kind of forgot all about it. So that just kind of shows you how superstitious I can be. So I don't <laughs> – when it comes to picking the Bears, it's like obviously I want to see the Bears win. So I'm not going to pick the Bears. I'm not going to, you know, mentally I'm not going to be overly optimistic about it. But, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, coming off a, coming off a win and going into this game, the Bears are 2-2 two and two in their last four games at Lambeau Field. I mean, they haven't had good success against the Packers, but when they have beat the Packers, it has been at Lambeau Field. And if I remember right, uh, both of those games have been on primetime because I think one of those was, I want to say it was a Sunday night game when Aaron Rodgers went out with a broken collarbone, and then the last one was on Thanksgiving when they beat him two years ago. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I, well, let's talk about wh- where we are here in terms of how the Bears got to 1-2 and two and how the Packers got to 2-1. and one. And, you know, are the Bears better than the record and are the Packers worse maybe than the record? The Bears obviously got you know their butts handed to them against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that was a, a disappointing loss where they just got you know uh, in every fit fa- beaten every phase basically uh, but you know we're talking about a team that was one game away from beating or I'm sorry five yards away from beating the defending NFC champions uh, in week one against the Atlanta Falcons really should have won that game and uh, you know, came home and, and beat the the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were were also in the AFC Championship game last year. So you know, we're not talking like that. You know, they beat two of the worst, or, or you know, played well against bad teams. I mean, they played three very good teams and almost beat uh, you know a, t- a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. So uh, you know, I, I think there's reason to believe that. The defense is probably better than most people are giving them credit for, and and this rushing attack with Tariq Cohen and and Jordan Howard has just kind of, you know, taken that backfield to the next level and and created uh, something. I and we can talk about this a little bit more in a bit, but I, I think something special and something that. Uh, you know, the Bears had a, a really good running back in Jordan Howard. Now you bring Cohen to it into the backfield, and he he brings a level of versatility uh, that around which the Bears can build the offense. And like we saw last week, you only you only need to complete one pass to a wide receiver uh, to to get a victory with the, with what's going on in the passing attack right now. So now flip it over onto uh, what the Packers have done, and the Packers beat a. Uh, Seattle Seahawks team that is uh, struggling in, in pretty much every phase right now. And uh, then got it handed to them by the, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, the Bears made it a game against the Falcons, and the Falcons just pummeled the Packers. Then last week, Packers really should have lost that game against Cincinnati Steelers. Had to go to overtime at Lambeau. Uh, in order to in order to win that one, needed uh, you know another uh, big huge play from Aaron Rodgers to to pull off the victory at home. So you know they're they're one play one two plays uh, away from being one and two. Bears are one two plays away from being two and one. How much better right now do you think the Packers are than the Bears? I think the Packers are still a good team. I and I think they're still at least in my mind substantially better than the Bears, but. The thing about the Packers is, and we've seen this last few years under Mike McCarthy, is they usually get off to somewhat slow starts. I mean, it seems like every year we're hearing Aaron Rodgers relax or something to that extent. And I think a lot of it does is due to health. I mean, you look at, I mean, just look at what they had to deal with, uh, you know, against the the Bengals. I mean, they, the Bengals, uh, any decent team would have beat the Packers. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. The, the Bengals have about as bad of an offense as the Bears do, but they just make more mistakes overall. But 
I mean, let's just look at their, the, the injuries that they had last week. I mean, David Bakhtiari, their starting right tackle, didn't play. Uh, Ahmad Brooks ended up playing, but Brian Bulaga came into the game as their, you know, their left tackle. And, or sorry, I guess I think I got these flipped. Either way, both starting tackles were questionable. Uh, one of them played, one of them didn't. Bulaga went out halfway through the game. Randall Cobb didn't play, and I think the biggest thing is for the Bears right here, Mike Daniels didn't play, and neither did uh, Nick Perry or Jake Ryan. So I mean, you're talking about three defensive starters. I think Jake Ryan's a defensive starter. I could be wrong on that, but. Okay, let's just say two defensive starters uh, and Devon House, who didn't play as well. Uh, Kevin King got his first start, the rookie. I think it was their second-round pick. So you got a lot of injuries on the front, um, and especially for the Packers. I mean, you're talking about uh, an offensive line that's still starting Jari Evans, which is never really a good thing. And then both of your offensive tackles have been hurt. So you look at the Bears and what they've done, um, especially with the pass rush, and I think that this could be a game that could really boost them into something better. I mean, Leonard Floyd had his breakout game last year against the Packers, uh, and I think especially with how the health looks for the Packers right now, I mean, dude, Aaron Rodgers got knocked around last two games. I've watched every single game that they played this year, the Packers. Don't know why, don't ask me, just have. And... Aaron Rodgers has been getting laid on. I mean, he's just, I mean, especially in that Atlanta game, but even going back to the, the Cincinnati game, uh, I think he took five sacks in the first half and had six sacks overall. I mean, he's a magician in the pocket, but he can only do so much. So I think I think in some ways this does favor the Bears, uh, you know, at least as to what it would normally be. I still think the Packers are a better team. And I mean, it, conventional wisdom would say that they would probably win the game, but I think, you know, especially Thursday night games are always unpredictable. I, I, I don't think you can really – I definitely wouldn't go bet on the game, that's for sure. Um, but I, I think the Bears have a better chance than they probably should have. Uh, and I think it should – I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. Um, but it, it's definitely going to make for an interesting one. Well, I think you made a good point in how banged up the Packers were last week and, and how how many of those guys they get back this week is going to uh, be a big factor in, in you know the, the the chance the Bears have of, of pulling off the, the road – uh, upset here but uh, you know admittedly we don't know on a short week it's hard to tell what, if those guys are going to be banged up and we are recording this early in the week so we don't know who who's going to be in and out but say if they get half those players back that's still a substantial amount of uh, starters that uh, could potentially be gone for the Packers so you know the Bears uh you know they have their own new injuries uh, uh Josh Sitton is probably going to be a questionable uh uh uh, decision in this game but you know they have Kyle Long back and and, and uh, you know the offensive line looked pretty good last week so even if Sitton doesn't return uh, they should be all right on that and so uh, you know let's talk you want to get right into it or, you, or uh, is there anything else we want to discuss here before we go into the preview um no I, I don't think the only thing I will say is I'm, I'm actually looking forward to listening to Tony Romo uh, he called I was listening to one game maybe it was a Packers game no, it was, it was a Packers game, uh, and they will be. It'll be him and uh, Jim Nance on the call this this uh, Thursday night. And I'll tell you what, he's he's very. Uh, I don't know how much you've heard of him so far, but he's very in depth. But the thing that I really like is he's very critical and very uh, very knowledgeable about the quarterbacks. Obviously, I mean, he was a quarterback, so I think I think this could change a lot of perceptions about people who are still uh, for Glennon or against Glennon. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, look into that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that aspect of the game. And Romo, um, he's he replaces Phil Sims correctly. Am yeah, I correct yeah. on that? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, nothing. Well. <laughs> I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go bash on on Phil Sims, but uh, uh, 
you know, the bar was trying to set a little bit lower there. So hopefully Romo can kind of st- step in and, and really, uh, like you said, give a little bit of more insight into what's going on there. And that, that would be great. I think Romo has always been a, a very good speaker, uh, a guy who can, uh, did well with the, with the media and was always able to really get his point across well. So if that translates to the booth, yeah, that should be a good viewing for you guys. I, I, hopefully it's better than uh, what, you know, what Phil, Phil Sims was able to offer in the booth. So now let's move it on. <clears throat> let's talk about, well, let's just get right to the quarterback position. You know, uh, this is the biggest thing. You know, we talked about we can we can go through some of the numbers and uh, compare. You know, where where the Bears stand on on defense and 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 all that. But I think the biggest the biggest difference here and what is what has been the biggest difference when the, whether it was Jay Cutler or anybody else the Bears have put out there at quarterback is that Aaron Rodgers has just been night and day better at that position. And you and I both know, anybody who's knowledgeable knows, that the most important position on the field is the quarterback position when Rodgers seems to always light it up against the Bears. No matter what he's done previously to that, uh, up to that point in the season, uh, always seems to play his best against the Bears and always seems to play his best in the in the game's biggest moments. So, uh, you know, looking at Mike Glennon and what he's done over the last couple of weeks, if... If the Bears' defense isn't up to par, what are the what are the odds that the Bears' offense is going to be able to keep? You know, if it gets into any sort of a shootout, is there any sort of chance for the Bears? Oh no, 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 no. The Bears, <laughs> the Bears' only way to win this game is going to be relying on the defense and the run game. I mean, Mike Glennon, and that's the thing is that the Packers have an opportunistic defense. I mean, they they find ways to come up with turnovers and uh, and key points and. And I think that that definitely bodes not so well for Mike Glennon. But no, there's no way if if the Bears defense does not play well, then we are going to be looking at a very bad game and a very embarrassing game on uh, on Thursday night, and maybe something that will definitely push the Bears coaching staff and front office to want to make a change at quarterback. Yeah, and I, I think it doesn't also help that the, the Packers defense, the secondary has played very well up to this point. They are seventh right now in average. Uh, passing yards allowed per game less than 200 yards uh, uh, per game 183 in, in fact so uh that secondary has looked great they've looked great in the uh you know in, pa- in defending these you know they haven't faced the best uh passing attack so far so maybe that numbers are a little bit skewed skewed other than um obviously the uh the falcons but it's not like they're facing a, a great passing attack <laughs> this week either so i don't i don't see that changing i don't think mike glennon's all of a sudden going to turn into a different different player so i think you're correct uh, it's going to be the same until Mitch Trubisky become, becomes a starting cornerback. It's going to be the same recipe for the Bears on offense every week, and that's going to be riding those two running backs in Jordan Howard and uh, Treat Cohen. And now, you know, in terms of Howard, my concern is being, you know, him coming off that game where he came out of the game twice due to the shoulder injury, um, was was in some clear pain, and still, you know. St- they still give him 23 carries. How effective do you really think he's going to be on? Uh, he's probably not going to practice at all this week. But even so, I mean, is he going to still be able to come out there, carry the ball 23 times, and be pounding the rock the way he did in the fourth quarter against the Steelers? I I think so. And and the reason I say that is because, I mean, this shoulder has been an issue since I think halfway through week one when he, when he scored that touchdown against Atlanta. So, and I think we saw a more physical Jordan Howard, and I'm not really sure that that shoulder is any better than it was two weeks ago uh, when he first heard it. So I think it's 
everything that I've read is said that basically it's just more of a pain management thing at this point. I think Ian Rappaport came out, I think it was the day of the game or the day before, and said that it's an AC joint sprain. Never had one, but I've talked to a few people that have said it's very, very painful. Um, it's kind of one of those things that it just heals, you know, at a slow rate, but it's really just going to be a pain management thing. And I think the biggest key when you talk about the running game for the Bears and something that this is actually going to be the first time all year that they haven't faced, and that's uh, athletic running backs. I mean, they got Blake Martinez, who's, you know, so-so. But I think overall, uh, and I'm not saying that their linebackers are bad, but I'm just – I don't think they have the athleticism that like, a, you know, they had when they faced Ryan Shazier or when they faced DeAndre Campbell uh, or when they faced the Bucks with Levante David and, uh, and you know, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name Alexander, right now. Alexander, Alexander Quan. Yeah, and that's and that's a thing. So I think uh, I think it actually bodes well for Tariq Cohen um, because that athleticism that they're not going to have at inside linebacker plus, I mean, depending on what happens with Mike Daniels and Nick Perry, I, I think – this could actually be a very good matchup for Tariq Cohen to where they maybe they can feature him a little bit more and take a little bit of load off Jordan Howard. That's just my take, and I'm probably going to be completely wrong because the last time I said something positive about the Bears, they slapped me in the face, so we'll see. Uh, no, I think that's a really good point. I think uh, uh, the, with, Between David and Shazir, you're talking about two of the fastest linebackers in the and Shazir might be the fastest linebacker in the NFL. He was all over the field, and those are the two types of guys – who potentially can limit a player like Cohen just because they had the speed to keep up with him. Now, even so, it wasn't like Tariq Cohen was invisible in either one of those contests. You know, I think, what did he have, eight, eight catches against the Bucks, or eight or nine catches? And then uh, last week had over 100 total yards, even with those very uh, fast linebacking crews that they were facing. And now you bring up a good point that that, that speed is not there in, uh, in in the Green Bay defense. Their rush defense right now is 21st overall, and the Bears are a top 10 r- running offense. So I, I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities, not only for Cohen on those stretch runs and those pitch plays, but especially as a wide receiver, I don't think they have anybody. I mean, let's say decide, I could see Dom Capers doing something weird or, 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 or uh, crazy and putting a nickel back on Tariq Cohen. You know, I, I, I wouldn't put anything like that past Capers, but if he's going to try and cover Tariq Cohen with those linebackers, it, I mean, he's going to, it's going to be a field day out there for him. And it's going to be, it's going to, he's going to lead the team in, in receptions and it's going to be for a good reason. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a really good point, and I think you know, I don't expect the Bears to do anything, uh, you know, in the passing attack. So again, this has to be a chew the clock up situation, and and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field because even when you give him a little time, Aaron Rodgers always makes the most of it, especially against the Bears. So I think that's the that's gonna be the recipe in this game. That's gonna be the recipe uh, for the rest of the season for as long as Mike Glennon is out there. So offensively, is there any player you see? As the wild card here, maybe stepping up and, and uh, doing anybody else other than Cohen and Howard doing something in this contest. Well, watching the Packers, they've had issues with top receivers. <laughs> the problem is the Bears don't really <laughs> have that. Seems like they've they've kind of struggled with the uh, the, the bigger um, bigger more dominant guys. So. I'm going to go ahead and go with, uh, you know, the t- I won't say any tight end, but, you know, just just the tight ends in general. I think I think the tight ends have a chance to be, uh, you know, a, a nice factor. And I would like to see them just really, you know, start incorporating more of that. And the other thing I want to see, too, uh, slants. Why are they not running slants? And that's kind of something I've, I've always been a big slant fan. So maybe that's just me. uh 
you know, me me advocating for that. But I feel like if they're going to keep the short game, I mean, why not do stuff like that? I don't think there's going to be one player that 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 really stands out. But I think they could they should be able to take advantage a little bit more of the short passing game because there's not as much athleticism within those those linebackers. Uh, but they, they I mean, they have a decent secondary. So I don't I don't know. I don't really have yeah, a straight I answer. I, I don't know about even throwing slants to this group of white. I don't even think that's something that, that Chandler Wright can accomplish at this point. I mean, Chandler Wright looks like a shell of himself. I mean, Marcus Wheaton had some opportunities last week. He needs to hang on to the football. I think they'll probably try and go deep to him a couple of times to, you know, just be, you know, give that token over the top ball. Hopefully it doesn't get intercepted and try and keep the, uh, that safety out of the box. If Wheaton could do that, that would be huge. That would, that would really open up the passing attack, but you know, we haven't seen it up to this point. So it's really hard to, to predict that that's actually going to happen I, I don't know I, I you know I leaning on the wide receivers isn't just you know the talent isn't there and, and people you know complained about last week only getting one catch to the wide receivers well uh, you, those aren't your best options anymore literally your best options are your are your tight ends and your and your running backs and you make your point about potentially getting the tight ends in there I think it what's something that people haven't noticed because it hasn't really gone on the, been in the stat book much um but uh, Adam Shaheen's uh, snap count has increased every week, uh, and got over half the snaps last week, and uh, only had that one catch in the in the uh, in the red zone. But it went for a touchdown, and I think uh, you know it, it doesn't appear as if Deion Sims is anything more than a than a uh, uh, an edge blocker. I mean, they they barely used him as as a receiver, and when they you know one of the few opportunities he had to make a play, he dropped it. So. I think he's probably just going to be used primarily as that that edge blocker, and you know they're, they're going to rely mainly on Zach Miller to be to be that that primary pass catcher. But I think at at a certain point they're going to start using Shaheen a little bit more than just in the red zone. And I think he's a guy who kind of you know maybe could break out this week as they like I said they've been continuing to work him in the offense. Maybe between the twenties he might start seeing a few more looks. I, I don't know, but I think you're right. It has to be the tight ends. I don't. I think it's crazy to try and lean on the wide receivers at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the proof is really in the pudding right now in terms of. I mean, Tariq Cohen's. Uh, man, I want to say he's like tied for sixth or seventh in the league with twenty receptions right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very evident what they're trying to do, and that doesn't really involve the receivers. And and it's hard to disagree at this point. I mean, Kendall Wright, like you said, has been. I I don't even know. I mean, he's. He's there and he's not, and uh, you know Deontay Thompson and Josh Bellamy are who they are, and I think it's going to take Marcus Wheaton a little bit. But like we talked about last week, I mean he's not a dynamic receiver. He's somebody who has questionable hands to begin with, and his biggest value is the speed downfield. And quite frankly, it's it's hard to project him being any sort of value for the Bears right now if Mike Glennon's afraid to go downfield. So I, I just I, I think by process of elimination right now and not going with the easiest choice and Tariq Cohen, I think you're gonna have to say the tight ends. I just don't know who. Yeah. And well and again it's you you're not gonna have to use those guys very often if you can just pound the the football and open up the play action, use those play action passes to maybe throw one or two passes over the top. But really it has to be about 
game control, clock control, and and keep, again, like I said before, keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field. That's really the only way that you're going to do it. So hopefully, uh, for the sake of the Bears, uh, that offensive line, which was just outstanding last week, they are going to have to dominate once again. And you know what was interesting about uh, the, the the Steelers game last week? And I have a friend who's a Steelers fan, and he he, he really couldn't understand how. They knew. They knew that the only way, the only uh, danger that from the Bears' offense was going to come from the running backs. They they knew that you know with one one catch from a wide receiver uh, and only two catches from the tight ends total. I mean, all they had to worry about was a rushing attack, and the Steelers still couldn't do it. I mean, that says a lot about the offensive line. And when John Fox was asked about it, one of the more uh, you know cohesive things he's ever said was it was all execution i think that's to- that's completely true i mean the steelers are were a good run defense going into that game and they shoved an extra player into the box almost every single time and the bears were creating huge holes particularly late in the game where the offensive line seemed to continue to get better so if this offensive line whether it's uh, uh sitting his back or not i think the insertion of kyle long has uh kind of re-energized this offensive line and if they can have that same type of performance that they had last week against the steelers I think the Bears are going to be able to accomplish that goal of, you know, controlling the clock and running the football uh, and, you know, really pounding the pounding the rock, keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field because Aaron Rodgers right now is in charge of the second ranked passing offense in the NFL. And he's pretty much having his way, although last week he did throw his second, correct me if I'm second pick six of his career, right? That is right. To my boy, William Jackson, who was hurt all, all year last year. That was the guy I really wanted the Bears to draft. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that made me proud. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, that was a good-looking play. Dumb pass by Rodgers, and I uh, took advantage of it. Uh, but unfortunately for the Bengals, they, they weren't able to capitalize on that and actually finish a football game. Uh, something the Bears were able to do last week. But, you know, Rodgers has always finished against the Bears. And we're not going to go, you know, blow by blow about what Rodgers has done in the past. But... Uh, is this just another situation uh, where, you know, Aaron's going to get, like, you know, going back to the Michael Jordan thing, you know, you you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Is there any chance? We talked about how well the Bears cornerbacks played last week. What are the chances that the Bears can keep Rodgers under wrap and keep, you know, keep him to just an average game? Well, from a blueprint, blueprint standpoint, if I could say that right, uh, I really think you can look back and you can go back to the Thanksgiving game they had uh, in John Fox's first year where they beat him. And I think really what they were able to do is they were pretty solid against the run. They got a lot of pressure on uh, Aaron Rodgers. They popped him really good a few times. I think Lamar Houston had one of the prettier sacks that I've seen on Aaron Rodgers, which made me happy. And I think most of all, their their secondary, even though they were – trotting out guys like Tracy Porter and I can't even remember who were out who else was out there at the time uh they all played very well and I think the biggest thing when you look at I I think Pittsburgh has a better receiving core than than the Packers do but I think when you look at what the Packers are able to do with constantly trying to get open and they're constantly moving around because they know how Aaron Rodgers is in the pocket and the fact that he's going to be able to create a lot more time I think that's going to be the biggest key. Now, the, the Bears did a very good job last week against the Steelers, but the Steelers' receivers aren't nearly as active as what the Packers are. And Aaron Rodgers can create uh, a little bit more time than Ben Roethlisberger, and that's nothing against Roethlisberger because, I mean, he's he's great QB and he can do a lot uh, within the pocket. But I think you're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. I mean, this is just a guy that 
makes the impossible happen. He's got the arm talent that I think only one other guy in the NFL does, and that's Patrick Mahomes, and he's not even on the field. So, I mean, you got one starting quarterback that, to my in my mind, is head and shoulders above with arm talent, and that is Aaron Rodgers. And he's going to be able to make crazy throws. But the one trend that I continue to see with their, their – uh, the receivers is the fact that they always circle back usually to the sideline. And I think that's something that the Bears are going to have to uh, really keep an eye on. And I think that's something that they've kind of struggled with in general anyway. I mean, even when you go back and look at last week, a lot of the a lot of the routes geared towards the sidelines were stuff that they weren't really covering outside of that Kyle Fuller play right before uh, right before the uh, the end of the game there. But I think that's going to be the biggest key. Ty Montgomery really hasn't looked as good. Uh, Jamal Williams hasn't really been a, a really a big factor yet. Their offensive line's banged up, so I think it's really going to come down to the bank. That's a, that's definitely a tall task, but um, they're going to have to do something. And I think, like I said, the biggest thing is they got to get to the quarterback. Well, it's not only getting; it's not just getting to to, to Aaron Rodgers. I think. He, he, you can pressure Aaron Rodgers and still be effective against him, especially if you put pressure him in the face, just as long as you don't let him find those creases and get outside of the pocket. That's when he's his, at his most dangerous. Even if you're not sacking him and taking him down, and he's taken a lot of hits like you pointed out earlier, uh, but if you're just putting uh, pressure on him and containing him, that is almost as effective against Aaron Rodgers as, as, as you know knocking him around. And I think you know as soon as he gets outside, it becomes unfair for for the secondary because he is so good on the run and like you pointed out his receivers are very very good at at finding at at, that that what's called the scramble drill and we're finding those open spots and getting open after the after the quarterback takes off because they rogers does it so often i'm sure that's probably just a a staple of the uh, everyday practice uh up uh, in uh in green bay is is you know the the scramble drill and and you know find find an open spot and and you know we, we've seen it time and time again so i think that's a big task for the bears defense this isn't a pass rush that has looked great uh so far i think you know if there was a time for leonard floyd to maybe step up and have that breakout game it would be this week remember he did have that uh, outstanding contest against probably the best game of his career last year against the uh, the, the the Packers and where he ended up scoring a touchdown and had a couple of sacks. So uh, you know if he can finally step step in, Akeem Hicks can have a big game. If somebody you know uh, maybe a Jonathan Bullard or an Eddie Goldman can finally do do something, I, I think it's that is the the most critical part of keeping. Uh, you know Aaron Rodgers from from beating them because like you pointed out, Ty Montgomery hasn't done much. He's averaging three yards per carry. Uh, the, I mean the Packers right now are 29th in the NFL in rushing, and the Bears are are, are I'm taking a look at it right now ninth in uh, rushing defense. So you have a top 10 rushing defense against one of the worst rushing offenses. I don't see the Packers being able to run the football. So uh, you know. It's one of those situations where a lot of times you want to make a team one dimensional. It's not always that great though when you when you face Aaron Rodgers because it it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to shut him down. Uh, so again, uh, you know, do your thing against uh, the run and then try and get some pressure on him and keep him in the pocket and you have a chance. But that's only if you can keep him off the field on the other side of the football with running the with running behind Howard and Cohen. Yeah, uh, and they got and the problem with the Packers is they have so many weapons on offense. And receiver Jordy Nelson still the same exact receiver before he tore his ACL and they've got Martellus Bennett and Geronimo Allison has been really good as well I mean this is like I said this is a team that I've watched all three of their games and so I've seen the progressions of what they've been able to do and 
And I mean, it's it's the same offense as normal. Uh, I, I I think really the only saving grace for the Bears is really two things. I think one of them you catch them on a short week uh, with the banged up team, and and two just catching Packers earlier in the year seems to be better because it seems like they don't usually catch their stride um, until usually week six or seven. So, like I said, we you know we've we've talked about it a little bit. I don't think this Bears team is a playoff team, but for anybody who has any sort of hopes from then even competing, you know, six seven weeks down the line. Uh, these are the kind of games that they got to win. I mean, they're 0-2 in the conference right now. Their one win comes against a non-conference opponent. So, I mean, you've, if you're going to try to attack somewhere, you, you might as well start winning in the division. And even when you look at long-term uh, you know, prognosis and success and stuff like that, that's one of the things that I really highlighted going into this year for the Bears is they need to win games within their own division. That's been something that they struggle to do. And I think, you know, you, you look at what they've done against Packers the last few years at Lambeau Field. Two and two over the last four, I think there's a – there's a decent shot just because it is a Thursday night game to where if they were able to pull out a win like this and, you know, even if it catapults them to a 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight, uh, type season and they compete for most of it, I mean, I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty good uh, accomplishment for them. Yeah, and I think when we, when we had talked about it and when most Bears fans had talked about it preseason, looking at this first four-game stretch, this you know, the fifth game is against the Vikings, I don't think anyone would have been – surprised to see an 0-4-0-5 start and I think a lot of people predicted that and uh, you know when we when we discussed it we said hey and I remember having this conversation with you and we said hey if they if they come out of that first month two and two then we know that things have changed possibly and that there is some potential because you come out 0-4 you come out 1-3 the chances that you know anything is going to change at that point are, are pretty slim but if you come out two and two, having faced three of the of the four teams that were in the respective championship games last year, beating two of those teams, that with with Mike Lennon under quarterback, then all of a sudden there's some hope, and not only long term hope, but short term hope. Because then you're two and two, then you have a win in the in the conference, and like you said, you put the pat you're, you're ahead of the Packers. You already have a tiebreaker against them. Then, you know, the schedule gets easier. Who knows what happens at that point? I think this is a a huge opportunity for the Bears. I'm probably not going to predict them to win, but this is a huge opportunity to potentially turn that, finally turn that corner. Nobody expected them to do anything last week against the Steelers, and they pulled off an improbable victory. If they can do it two weeks in a row, and this time on the road in a very hostile game, prime time, all those things, if they can do it, now, then everything changes for me in my mind because then I still think they go to, to, to Mitch Trubisky in week five. I still think that he's we're going to see him out there and that he's going to give them more options on offense and things are going to get better offensively with him under center. So I still think there's hope for the offense to get better. But if the defense and the special teams and the rushing attack can carry them through this first month to a 2-2 two and two record, holy moly. And then you put Trubisky out there, then you know you've said it all along. You, you you see this as more of a seven and nine, eight and eight team. Well, if you start off two and two, and then you get the better quarterback in there, then we're talking a potential playoff team. Do you do you agree or disagree? I'd say I'd agree, and the reason I would agree is because, like you said, I mean most people projected this as a one and three, zero oh and four start, and you look at the second half of the season, and I mean that's a lot lot easier. Uh, and I think you talk about killing trends and the bears already killed one yesterday and that was the fact that john fox in his three years as a bears coach had not won a game in september 
And the wild thing about it is he's got a chance to win two games in September on Thursday. If they can win the game, I mean, it's – and I, I don't think this is a playoff team. But at the same time, I mean, two and two coming out of this would be very impressive. And the one thing I will say that I have been told, and, you know, you've got to kind of take everything with a grain of salt. But uh, if Glennon plays like he did – uh, the last few weeks um, and, and the Bears somehow win. The Bears aren't going to look at this and say, Mike Glennon is leading this team to wins, you know, regardless of what John Fox is saying to us. But uh, they still could make a change. And, uh, you know, I completely agree. I think week five is still really should be the target date for them. If they come out two and two and Mike Glennon throws for another 100, 115 yards and he looks like he did, I mean, I don't think there's really – I think really what this would show was is the fact that the Bears are a good team or can be a good team with even, you know, competent quarterback play. And I think that would be an ideal situation to put uh, Trubisky in. You got him, you know, 11 days and so on and so forth. I'm sure we'll talk more about it. But the Bears are on the cusp of actually being able to, I'd say, quote-unquote, compete. I mean, if they can win this game, I mean, you're looking at a a decent uh, outlook for the rest of the season, and things do get easier. Not, not you know, crazy easier, but as, as the season progresses – things go more you know in their favor and plus you're looking at basically a, a mini bye week uh you know after week four i think this could really work out well for him but it all starts on thursday and it's gonna be a tough game yeah i mean i mean it's a huge task and i'm not and i'm not again i'm not predicting them to win i think it'd be very unlikely that for them to win just based on uh you know the way that things have drawn in in recent history, but you, you did point out that they they do seem to win those games in Lambeau if they're going to beat the Packers in a given year. So, who knows? I mean, I, I just think this is a great opportunity for them to you know kind of turn that corner. I think this is really, and if it comes out and Rodgers just looks like you know same old Rodgers and they end up winning by two you know a couple of scores, then you know we're back to the same old conversation next week. But if somehow the Bears can pull off. Uh, win in the same fashion that they did last week and I don't I, I really don't think there's any reason other than other than you know just Rodgers being too good um, but if he has an average game and they and they're able to win in all those other areas like they did last week I think there's an opportunity there's an opportunity there and then things start to change a little bit and I do think you're right even if uh, they're they walk out of this two and two this first month two and two I don't think that's gonna necessarily be the reason to uh, forced Lennon uh, down the throats of the offense anymore. I mean, I, I, if you're looking at what Deshaun Watson's doing, if you're looking at what Deshaun Kaiser's doing, uh, you know, and what rookie quarterbacks have been able to do over the last few years, I, I, I just don't see any reason. And, and on top of it, the way that we saw Trubisky develop in the preseason, the way that he, or in, in training camp, the way that he played in the preseason, He's ready to play. I mean, he's going to make some mistakes, but he's he's ready to go. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't think he would be, and I, I advocated throughout the entire offseason that hey, it would be better to let him sit for the entire season. But Mike Glennon is what we thought he was going to be. He's actually worse than what we thought he was going to be. And if he has another game where he's just completely ineffective and he limits the playbook like he's done the last couple of weeks, you know, you're doing your team a disservice by keeping him out there. Now, now if Lennon comes out, looks great, and has a has a three-touchdown performance and really, you know, propels them to a victory, then he's earned more starts. But if he's going to, if he throws up his third straight stinker, you have no reason, you have no excuse other than some stupid pride or, you know, hier- this hierarchy thing of, of him being a veteran or, or whatever, whatever the reason they want, you know, they want to give us. Uh, you have no legitimate reason to not have Trubisky out there in Week Five, and, and, and I know you've been calling for it too. You have to agree with me on this, right? 
Oh yeah, I and, and here's the thing, you know, I've had a few people say, oh well, you know, he's just not ready. And it's like if he wasn't ready, I got news for you, he wouldn't be the active game day backup. I mean, exactly. There's, just, there's no other way around that. So. What the Bears are sending, the message that the Bears are sending right now, at least in my mind, is that they're saying, you know, we made a bad evaluation and we're going to basically, you know, let this go. And I, I think really what it comes down to is I, I think it comes down to pride and stubbornness. And, you know, in, in, in some ways I kind of wonder, is this all John Fox's call or does Pace have a have a say in this? But what I will say is it's becoming very evident that Mike Glennon is he's not their best chance to win and quite frankly he's starting to hurt them and I think really what it's going to come down to and and I've talked to a few former players about this is you know at what point do players in the locker room start looking at each other and 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 asking themselves you know why is this guy still starting if he doesn't give us the best chance to win why is he still starting and I think I think with another performance, especially, I mean, we're talking a national stage. This is the, this is the first time that they are going to be on a national stage. You know, it's Thursday night football, and I, I, I just, I think if even if they win the game and Glennon does what he does, I, I think they can objectively look at this season and say, okay, we have a real shot. Mike Glennon is obviously not the guy. I mean, there's just no other way around that. We made a bad evaluation. The only thing that's going to cost us is money at this point. Mitch Trubisky's obviously ready because he's the active game day backup. So let's go ahead and put him in the game and see what happens. Because at worst case scenario, let's just say he's not very good. It's not a big deal. You're letting the guy go out and get development. Because ultimately, 18, 19, and 20, those are the seasons that you're looking for right now. But if you can get anything out of 2017, it can be a plus. Or if you can even push for a playoff spot, that's a huge plus. And you, there's no way you can tell me that he would come out and be worse than Mike Lennon is right now. I mean, uh, Lennon has done it, except for the Tampa Bay game, he's done a decent job of, of uh, uh, ball security. Only one turnover in the other two games combined. So the only way that Trubisky could be worse is if he's out there throwing three, four picks a game. But I, I just don't see that out of the kid. And I think what he brings, you know, in potential, downfield, ability to, to extend plays, the ability to throw on the run could counter whatever mistakes that he's going to make. I mean, I think that's what you're seeing out of, out of uh, Watson and Kaiser right now. They're turning the ball over, but they're so athletic and they're so ready to play that they're still making enough plays to keep their teams in the game. And I think if the defense is playing as well as it has and the special teams keeps playing as well as it has, uh, you, you can't tell me that he's gonna he's gonna give, you know make the offense worse. It's <laughs> no one's gonna no one's gonna prove that or, or convince me at this point. I mean, I've seen enough of Mitch Trubisky up close. Uh, we've seen enough of him on the field in the preseason. Uh, he gives him a better chance. Again, like I said, if if Lennon proves him, you and I wrong, then he's earned another start, and we'll go from there. But if uh, if this is uh, another uh, poor showing out of Glennon, and especially if they get uh, pummeled by the Packers, then I think it's almost a guarantee that we're going to see Trubisky out there. And if not, then I'm going to call incompetence <laughs> on the coaching staff, and you know, really, just that's going to be the the that'll be it for I think. That would probably be the last straw for John Fox in his career in Chicago. I agree, but I've been calling incompetence on this coaching staff for a little bit now, <laughs> so I'm not really 100% sure that they're going to make the right move. I, I I do think after this game we should know a decent amount because Brad Biggs is coming out saying that he's been told by two separate people that New Orleans, which would be week eight, is the target start date for when they like to see Trubisky out there. Even though that game's on the road, they said that the defense is much more favorable, blah, blah, blah. So we'll see. I, I But I just... I don't, I don't know. I, I, the only thing I could possibly think at this point is the fact that maybe, just maybe, they have a date in mind and they said, regardless of the fact we're sticking to it. And if that is the case, 
then you're obviously not trying to go out and win games because, like we keep talking about, I mean, if, if Trubisky wasn't ready, he wouldn't be the active, uh, the you know, the the active backup. So, I mean, you can't you can't really put that out there. So, at this point, I mean, if you're just setting a date to set a date and just sticking to it just for the sake of sticking to it, not only are you doing your coaches a disservice by putting them in a bad position in a uh, – really a must-win type of year, but you're putting yourself in a, in, a, in a bad position. But most importantly, you're really slapping your fans in the face by saying, you know what, we don't really care about winning. We're more worried about our ego or our plan or whatever it may be. They can say that it's for the the, you know, the future or whatever it may be, but if you've got a guy that's ready and you're showing that he's ready to go and you're willfully not putting him in, then you're obviously not looking to win games. So we'll, well see. That's that's just, you know, we'll see, but that's just my take. Well, and I agree, and I think you're slapping the, the- – the players in the face too, especially if they see that Mike Glennon isn't the guy out there and you're just trying to follow some predetermined timeline because, you know, you think that's the best idea and you and let's say they do win this game against the Packers and all of a sudden this team's like, damn, we got a chance if we just have better quarterback play and you got some stubborn nonsense going on where they want to just follow some some time arbitrary timeline that makes no sense that's not a coaching staff that's adjusting as the as the gear goes by and it's compromising their ability to win games if that actually happens especially if the defense and special teams and rushing attack are still dominating man get the kid out there and all of a sudden you you know you you give a boost to the locker room and you mentioned it earlier you can divide the locker room by doing this so I, I think that you walk a fine line. Again, hopefully for the Bears' sake, Glennon comes out and, and, and is amazing. But if he stinks and the Bears get pummeled and they're still walking him out there week five against the Vikings after an 11-day layoff, then I'm calling incompetent. So uh, anything left? We've got a minute and a half. No, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, this is a big game, and, and it's, it's just a big game for the short term. But it would be nice – as a Bears fan, it would be nice to see them actually – not be written off in week four and actually be able to go on and compete for the you know the rest of the season and see what happens. So it's yeah. kind of an exciting game. Yeah, Bears fans, uh, you, you deserved a big win. You got one last week. Hopefully uh, you guys get another one this week. This would be a huge one, a, a really huge one. So hopefully they can pull it off uh, and you guys can uh, enjoy your weekends off uh, and not have to uh, go through a brutal Sunday. So that's it, guys. Thanks for uh, sticking around with us the last 45 minutes. Be sure to give Aaron a follow on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can follow me at Bear Report. Check out all our work at our bearreport.com as well as our uh, Bear Report Facebook page. And you can talk to us every day at the bearreport.com message boards subscribe to this podcast on itunes and we will talk to you next week hopefully talking about a bears win have a great weekend guys sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.